السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات عمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله الحديث السادس أن عبد الله أن عبد الله النعمان بن بشير رضي الله عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول إن الحلال بين وإن الحرام بين وبينه وبينهما أمور مشتبهات لا يعلمهن كثير من الناس فمن اتقى الشبهات فقد تبرأ لدينه وعرضه ومن وقع في الشبهات وقع في الحرام كالراعي يرعى حول الحما يوشك أن يرتع فيه ألا وإن لكل ملك حما ألا وإن حما الله محارمه ألا وإن في الجسد مدغة إذا صلحت صلح الجسد كله وإذا فسدت فسد الجسد كله ألا وهي قلب متفق عليه So hadith number 6 This hadith is narrated by Nu'man ibn Bashir He said That I heard the messenger of Allah peace be upon him say that which is lawful is clear and that which is unlawful is clear and between the two of them are doubtful matters about which many people do not know thus he who avoids doubtful matters clears himself in regard to his religion and his honor but he who falls into doubtful matters eventually falls into that which is unlawful. Like the shepherd who pastures around a sanctuary, all but grazing therein. Truly every king has a sanctuary, and truly Allah's sanctuary is his prohibitions. Truly, in the body there is a morsel of flesh, which if this morsel is good, the whole body is good. And if this morsel is diseased, or if this morsel is bad, then know that the whole body will be bad. For truly, or truly, this is the heart. This is the qalb. And this hadith is narrated by Bukhari and Muslim. So the hadith starts off and it says that indeed those things that are halal inna al-halal ubayin and those things that are halal they are clear. Correct? And those things that are haram they are also clear. And between them there are matters. Right? Which is unclear. Like grey areas. And la ya'lamuhunna كثير من الناس 
and not many knows it. True meaning of its true understanding. So here we find that this matter is divided into three. Number one, al-halalu bayin. That halal is clear. For example, fruit. Right? This thing is clear. For example, animals that are slaughtered correctly. For example, sheep. For example, cows. These things are clear. Then point number two. Things that are haram, which is clear. For example, riba. Right? Everyone agrees that riba is haram. For example, zina. Everyone agrees that zina is haram. For example, the drinking of alcohol. The usage of drugs. Murder unjustly. Rape. Right? We all know that these things, they are clear-cut haram. There is no doubt in this. Correct? Then the third category is those things, like Uncle Walid mentioned, which is mushtabihat. Those things that are bain al-halal wa haram. Those things between halal and haram. Like I mentioned, gray areas. فَلَيْسَتْ مِنَ الْحَلَالِ الْبَيِّنِ وَلَا مِنَ الْحَرَامِ بَيِّنِ And it is not clear whether it is halal or whether it is haram. وَهَذِهِ And this لَا يَعْلَمُهَا كَثِيرٌ مِنَ النَّاسِ That many people they don't know this. And only a very few of them knows the true meaning. So this uncle, right? So this we find, my beloved brothers and sisters. It's a lot of things that we find today. Right? For example, take the matter of Bitcoin. Correct? Bitcoin is basically, how do you explain Bitcoin to you? Right? It's like they sell coins, like virtual coins, online. Oh. Right? It's nothing tangible. So, for example, you, I give you a hundred rand. Right? That you can see the money. Where this is, everything is electronic. So, here you find some ulama say it's not permissible. Some ulama say it's permissible. It's a gray area. Right? So, like that, there are many gray areas. That some ulama say that. It's allowed and some ulama say it's not allowed. Then the author or the hadith says, And famanittaqa shubuhati. Right, he says, and let's just look at the English. He says that, the person or thus he who avoids doubtful matters clears himself in regards to his deen and he clears himself in his honor. But he who falls into doubtful matters falls into that which is unlawful. Like the shepherd who allows his flock or his herd to move around 
the edges of the sanctuary, all but grazing therein. For indeed every king has a sanctuary, and truly Allah's sanctuary is his prohibitions. So here we find that this part of the hadith is going to the third category. Remember we said the first category, halal is clear. The second category, haram is clear. But the third category is that which is unclear matters, which is between halal and between haram. So this is, like you mentioned, mushtabihat, gray areas. So here we see that if the person stays away from the gray areas, salamatu lidinihi fima baynahu wa baynallah. That we see that his deen between him and Allah is becomes peaceful, becomes yani this salam between it. Meaning he is safer off if he stays away from grey areas. And also his irb, his honor is protected through this. And the author of the explanation of this hadith, he explains that he says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he gives the example of someone that is herding cattle or is herding sheep. So he has a, for example, he has his farm here. Correct? And like if you drive, right? For example, the N1, the N2, you'll see one huge land of farm. And then what do you see? Fences. Correct? And then what's next to it? Another farm. Which belongs to someone else. Now the sheep. So what happens? The herdsman. He takes the sheep all the time. To herd on the edge of the fencing. What's going to happen sooner or later? He's going to go away. The sheep's going to start going over the fence. So this is what the Prophet ﷺ is trying to explain to us. That if the person keeps on the shubuhat. He keeps on the grey area. Where is he going to end up? He's going to end up in haram. Right? And this is the reality. This is the reality, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam. If someone dwells in grey areas, he ends up in haram. It's the same thing, subhanallah, with innovations. Right? It's the same thing with bid'ah. It starts off small, correct? And it, what happens afterwards? You start building, it start building, it start building, until it leads them to what? To shirk, to kufr. Right? We've seen this. Look, for example, subhanallah, look at the Shia. Correct? How did they start? They started off by praising Ali, radiallahu And we as Ahlul Sunnah, we love Ali, radiallahu We love the Ahlul Bayt. We love the daughter of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We love the grandsons, Hassan and Hussein. 
We love them. But putting them on a pedestal, where is it led the Shia to? Down what road did they end up going? That some of them regard, and I'm saying some of them, not all of them, but some of them regard Ali as a God. Some of them regard Ali Ayah as the Prophet. Some of them regard Hassan and Hussein far greater than the Sahaba. And this is what? This is from dwelling into Bidah. Dwelling into unlawful matters has led them away. Has led them into haram, has led them into shirk. So this is what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is trying to explain to us in this hadith. Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he ends off this hadith. And he says, Allah wa inna fil jasati mudha. Ida salahat salahal jasadu kulluhu wa ida fasadat fasadat jasadu kulluhu ala wa hiya qalb. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he says that indeed in the body there is a morsel of flesh, mudha. And if this piece of flesh is correct, if this piece of flesh is good, your whole body is going to be good. If this piece of flesh is bad, your whole body is going to be that bad. For indeed, this piece of flesh is what? It is your heart. And here, subhanallah, right? The heart. This is the most important part of the body, medically as well, correct or not? Right? If the heart stops, what happens? You die. So like this, the heart also it plays an important role in the spiritual being of a person as well. That if the person's heart is good, then his whole body is going to be good. But if this person, if he has hasad in his heart, if he has jealousy in his heart, if he has a bad sickness in his heart, right, then what happens? It shows on his whole body. Right? You know, sometimes, subhanAllah, you find people, just generally, they, right? And I don't mean ugly in terms of looks, but their mannerisms, they're just ugly people, man. They're not good people. <coughs> and this shows you that the heart is filthy. And this is also why the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he told us to make a lot of istighfar, to seek the forgiveness of Allah Azza wa Jal a lot. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also says in the hadith that what is a combat or what reduces rust is polish, right? And the polish for the heart is adhkar, it is dhikr. And we know what is the best dhikr is to recite the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now we are going through a crisis throughout the world, subhanallah. There's a virus that's affecting everyone. Massage it or close. Right or wrong? Right? And this is supposed to lead us to what? To get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Increase in istighfar. 
what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say to us in surah Nuh? He says, فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ And seek and say, O Muhammad, or say to them, Nuh, that they must seek what? The forgiveness of the Rabb. فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ That indeed he, إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا That indeed Allah is the one that forgives. Because if you seek the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what's going to happen to you? يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ بِدَرَارَةً That you are going to get abundance of rain. يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ بِدَرَارَةً وَيُمْدِدَكُمْ بِأَمْوَالٍ وَبَنِينٍ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ أَنْهَارًا And you're struggling to bear children. Make a lot of istighfar. You're struggling financially. Make a lot of istighfar. What's Allah going to give you? When you make istighfar, you're going to get abundance of gardens as well. And abundance of rivers. This, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, and now especially, now is the time to seek the forgiveness of Allah Azza wa Jal. And, right, so this hadith, before we get to some of the benefits of the hadith, just one or two points about Nu'man ibn Bashir, who was the narrator of the hadith. Nu'man ibn Bashir, he was one of the junior sahaba, right? Sigharu sahaba. And when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away, Nu'man ibn Bashir was eight years old. And he says that سَمِعْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمَ Remember at the start of the hadith? The hadith says عَنْ أَبِي عَبْدِ اللَّهِ النُّعْمَانِ بْنِ بَشِيرِ قَالَ سَمِعْتُ And what does سَمِعْتُ mean? That I heard the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say. So this also proves to us, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this proves to us that it is permissible to narrate hadith from a young person that is mumayiz. Mumayiz means that he is not yet mukallaf. Understood? He's not yet mukallaf, but he can differentiate between right and wrong. So he's about 8 years old, 9 years old, 10 years old, 7 years old. And the ulama, they go into detail right, about this. Can you narrate from someone which is young? They mumayiz, but they're young. And this is for those ulama that say you can, they use this hadith as an example. Because Nu'man ibn Bashir, he was eight years old when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away. Some of the benefits that is derived from this hadith. Number one, that the Sharia has explained to us and the Sharia has made it clear what is halal. And the Sharia has made it clear what is haram. 
and they are mat- matters which is grey area matters in the sharia then there are also matters which is grey area that only certain people understand certain people have knowledge and that is the reality correct that there are certain masail that some people understand better than others that is life whether someone is in a lecture theater in school whether at university why do you think certain people they get straight A's certain people only get B's some get 100% for everything others only get 90 because some people their understanding is better than others this hadith also teaches us one of the benefits that we should leave off and stay away from grey areas This hadith also shows us that if we dwell into gray areas, we're going to end up in haram. This hadith also explains to us and the benefit that in the body there's a heart and the limbs of the body follows the heart. If the heart is good, the whole body is going to be good. This also reminds me again of another hadith of the Prophet peace be upon him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he says the first thing that one will be asked on qiyamah is about your salah with regards to your actions. And if your salah is correct then all your other actions is going to be correct. If your salah is not correct then there's going to be a problem with your other actions. He also says from the benefits derived from this hadith that if the outside of your body is fasid, if it is not good and it shows bad character, the inside is also going to be bad. And these are some of the benefits that we derive from the hadith. Al-hadithu sabi' The seventh hadith. An Abi Ruqayyata Tamim ibn Awsin Ad-Dari Anna al-Nabiyya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Qal Ad-Dinu Nasiha Kulna liman Qala Lillahi Wali kitabihi Wali rasulihi Wali a'immatil muslimin Wa'ammatihim Rawahu Muslim. On the authority of Tamim ibn Aws Ad-Dari, he said that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said that this religion is nasiha. This religion is advice, sincerity. We said, who is we the? Companions, they said, to whom, O Messenger of Allah, the Prophet peace be upon him, he said, to Allah, to his book, to the Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, to the leaders of the Muslims, and to Amatul Muslim, to the general Muslim folk. This hadith is found in the Sahih of Imam Muslim, rahimallahu ta'ala. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, Ad-Din 
An-Nasiha That this religion is advice So Alhamdulillah we've all come across this word Nasiha before right? Someone will come to you You know what Give this brother Nasiha Give him advice Speak to him And here we see that the author he says, هذه كلمة جامعة تدل على أهمية النصيحة في الدين وأنها أساسه وعماده ويدخل تحتها ما جاء في حديث جبريل من تفسير رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الإسلام والإيمان والإحسان. He says that this Ad-Dinun Nasiha it comes under the hadith of Jibril where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam explained what is Islam, he explained what is Iman and he explained what is Ihsan and he says that he explained that this is your deen this is your religion and where do we get this from? Remember the Prophet peace be upon him. He ended that hadith and he said, "Hada Jibrilu. This is Jibril. Atakum yuallimukum dinakum. This is Jibril. He came to you to bring you and teach you your religion. And also, what we learn that wa yushbihu hadhi jumla. That this sentence or this phrase, it basically resembles the phrase of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he said, Al-Hajju Arafah. That Hajj is Arafah. Or Arafah is your Hajj. And we know that this is a great rukun of the Hajj. الذي يفوت الحج بفواته that your hajj will be null and void if you were not on Arafah then we also find that in another narration in the مستخرج of Abi Awana he brings this hadith but we find this phrase الدين النصيحة it is mentioned, mentioned thrice. Ad-Dinu Nasiha, Ad-Dinu Nasiha, Ad-Dinu Nasiha. And then only afterwards, Kulna liman qala lillahi wa li kitabihi wa li rasulihi wa li a'immatil muslimin wa amatihim. Understood? So in another narration it is mentioned three times, Ad-Dinu Nasiha. And here, once in this narration we see when it's mentioned three times, obviously the Sahaba. Imagine I walk in here. I walk into the class. And I repeat something thrice to you. You want to know. You will take special attention. And this subhanallah was the beauty of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam as well. Right? This is the beauty of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Jawami'ul kalim. That Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he had the ability to explain a lot of things in a short sentence. 
in a span of short words. This was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And one of the qualities of the Prophet peace be upon him as well was what? Was when he wanted to highlight something, when he wanted to emphasize something, what would he do? Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He would repeat it more than once. This is a quality that we can all learn. This is a quality that we should all adopt as well. When we want to emphasize something, repeat it more than once. So we find that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, Qala lillahi That فَالنَّصِيحَةُ لِلَّهِ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى So what does this mean? That your nasiha is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This means that you must know and you must teach who Allah azza wa jal is. Tawheeduhu. You must know the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you must do what? You must teach the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. You must teach people as well the sifat, the asma and the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completely. You must teach the people that there is no naqs, there is no shortcomings in the asma asma and sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should teach people what comes under this chapter or under this part of the hadith of nasihatu lillahi tabaraka wa ta'ala that people we should, and all of us included, stay away from haram. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Yu'minuna billahi wal yawmil akhir. Of the qualities of the believers is that they believe in Allah and they believe in the last day. Ya'muruna bil ma'rufi. And they enjoin what is good. Wa yanhawna anil munkar. And they prohibit what is bad, what is evil. وَسَارِعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرَاتِ And they hasten to good. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also say in Surah Ali Imran? Right, this verse was also in Ali Imran and two verses before this. What does Allah say? كُنْتُمْ خَيْرَ أُمَّةٍ أُخْرِجَتْ لِلنَّاسِ Kuntum that you are a nation Ukhrijat linnas Taken out of the whole of mankind Ta'muruna bilma'rufi You must enjoin what is good Watanhawna anil munkar And you must forbid what is evil Watu'minuna billah And believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala This all falls under What? Nasihatu lillahi subhanahu wa ta'ala and also that we must have what? We must have mahabba for Allah, love for Allah. 
We must have ikhlas for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We must love that which Allah loves. And we must hate that which Allah hates. Also, وَجِهَادُ مَنْ كَفَرَ بِهِ تَعَالَى And we must fight and we must strive in Allah's path against those who disbelieve against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Obviously there's conditions for that. And with your du'as, with your supplications, it is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, لِكِتَابِهِ النَّصِيحَةُ لِكِتَابِهِ Advice with regards to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number one, believing in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and all the books that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent. Believing in the greatness of this book, the Quran. And all the books that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down. And I'm not talking about the books that were changed. About the original Torah and the original Injil, the original Zabur. The books that Allah sent, we need to believe. And the suhuf that was given to? Suhuf Ibrahim wa Musa. The books that were given, the pages, the suhuf that was given to? Ibrahim and to Musa. Also, we need to protect the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of the protection of the book of Allah is what? Is memorizing portions of the book. Of also the benefits and the nasiha of the Quran is to do what? Is to make amal of the Quran. To practice the teachings of the book of Allah. Also, tilawatu Quran. Recite the Quran. Understand the Quran. Teach the Quran. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about the Quran? وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءٌ That وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ And indeed we have sent this Quran down as a what? As a shifa. Again. Everywhere you go, you're just hearing about the virus. Recite the book of Allah with the intention that this book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to be a cure for whatever sickness I have. What is one of the names of Surah Al-Fatiha? Ashifa, The cure. So, recite the Quran with the intention that this book of Allah is going to cure me. And indeed, this book of Allah is going to cure us. Also, we need to protect this Quran against tahrif. Against what? People misinterpreting the Quran. People changing the verses of the Quran. Again, here you find two groups. Number one, the Shia. They change verses of the Quran. Ayatul Wilaya. Where is Ayatul Wilaya? But they have Ayatul Wilaya. Right? Also, you have another group. The modernists. They want to change the understanding of certain verses of the Quran. So it's not the understanding of Muhammad. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then the hadith carries on and the hadith says, وَنَصِيحَةُ لِرَسُولِهِ And advice for the Prophet, peace be upon him. 
Number one, to believe in that which Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam came with. What tamasuk bisunnah. And to be firm and to hold on strongly onto the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. To call people to the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And what is the opposite of the sunnah? It is bid'ah, it is innovations. So call people to the sunnah and warn people against innovations. We need to warn them. Now it's the month of Rajab, we come into what? Close to the 27th of Rajab. So what do people do? Right, because because now of the virus that's been around, because of what the president said, that, right, the masajid, they're not having this. So it's maybe some blessing. (laughs) Right, there's no practice on the 27th, what do they call it? What's it called? Miraj. Is it called Miraj? Yes, Miraj. So you don't find this. But under the advice of the Prophet, so he's calling people to the Sunnah. Explaining the Sunnah to the people. And also with us, that we should love the Sunnah. Be nice to people. Smile at people. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that smiling at your brother is a form of sadaqah. Sometimes also, and we all fall into this trap. That, yes, we outwardly, we follow the sunnah. But sometimes our actions are contrary to the sunnah. And we should change that. We should love the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How was he with his family? How was he with his wife? Wives. How was he with his kids? How did he interact with people? We're always preaching that the sunnah, the sunnah. But we need to look look at the sunnah as a whole. Then the hadith says, وَنَصِيحَةُ لِأَئِمَّةِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ And nasiha for the leaders of the Muslims. Now here, this is important now. Mu'awanatuhum ala haq wa ta'atuhum fi. That we must help them to establish the truth. Wa ta'atu. And we need to obey them in what they command us to do. And yes, you must advise them if they step out of line. But here this advice needs to be done through the correct channels. I can't be sitting here in the southernmost tip of Africa. But I want to get on the mimba tomorrow and I want to criticize the king of Saudi Arabia. Does it make sense? Doesn't make sense. If the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam warned us against ghibah of the ordinary person and he says that backbiting is that which your brother does not like 
What and this is to the ordinary Muslim. What's still about your leader? What's still about the leader of a state? Doesn't he have more right than this brother? And the answer is yes. We're not saying they're angels. They are. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there are many hadith where he says that you need to sam'a wa ta'a. You need to listen and to obey the leader. Because let's look at life. Let's look at what has happened around the Muslim world. When they try to oppose the leaders, what happened? Are they better off or worse off? They are worse off. So if you can't get to the leader, then they remain quiet. But what do you find today? We're sitting in gatherings. Ah, you know, this leader did this. That leader did that. And what does it cause? It causes enmity. It causes hatred. Yes, they are not perfect. They make mistakes. And they're going to make clear mistakes. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that listen and obey them until you see clear cut kufr. Have we seen clear cut kufr? We haven't. So what must you do? Listen and obey. This is of the nasiha to the Muslim leader. And then the Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, وَالنَّصِيحَةُ لِعَامَةِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ And advice to the general Muslims. And here you must advise Muslims. Advise your brothers and sisters to that which is good. Call to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? You see your brother, they do something wrong. Your sister, she does something wrong. Advise them, but in a good way and to the best of your ability. Right? To the best of your ability. And at the end of the day, if they don't accept your advice, there's only so much you can do. So you advise someone, this is haram. This is an innovation. This is makru. Don't do this. It's not the practice of the Prophet. And they maybe accept and they err again. This doesn't mean that we must cut off our ties with them. Still be friends with them. Call them to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with wisdom. Right? This is the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And see how beautiful Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa explains. He covers the whole community. He covers Allah Azza wa Jal first of all. Then he covers Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then he covers the Muslim leaders. This is now where the community comes in. Then he covers the Muslim in general. Everyone is covered in a short space of this hadith. How long is this hadith? One line. Besides now the start of the hadith of the narrator, where it says, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to the end of the hadith, one line. But everyone is covered. From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the rest of the community. Some of the advices or some of the benefits that we can take from this hadith. That this hadith it explains to us 
the importance of nasiha, of advice. Salatullah. Right? The importance of advice that the Prophet gave and the importance of advice in our deen. Number two. It also explains to us, Salatullah. It explains to us who will get nasiha. It explains to us as well these five people, the five groups of people that are getting nasiha. It also explains to us and we take benefit that how the companions, how ready and willing they were to learn from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The next hadith, hadith al-thamin, hadith number eight. An ibn Umar radiyallahu anhu, or an ibn Umar radiyallahu anhu ma, anna Rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Qala, umirtu an uqatila al-nas hatta yashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah, wa anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. ويقيم الصلاة ويؤت الزكاة فإذا فعلوا ذلك عصموا مني دماءهم وأموالهم إلا بحق الإسلام وحسابهم على الله تعالى متفق عليه The next hadith, hadith number 8 narrated to us by the son of Umar ibn Khattab Abdullah ibn Umar May Allah be pleased with both of them he said that the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, I have been ordered to fight against the people until they testify that there is none worthy of worship except Allah. And that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And until they establish salah, until they pay zakah. And if they do that, then they will be gained. Afwan, they will have gained protection from me. They will have my protection. For their lives, meaning their lives will be protected and their property will be protected. Unless they commit acts that are punishable. In Islam and their reckoning will be with Allah Azza wa Jal. This hadith is narrated by Bukhari and Muslim. So we see that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam he begins the hadith and he says umirtu and the word amara means command so he says umirtu i was commanded right and al amir the one that commands Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is who it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a side note so if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right, when Muhammad, peace be upon him, when he says, umirtu, I was commanded, then we understand that Allah has commanded him. When a sahabi, a companion, listen carefully, when you find a narration from a companion, when he says, umirna bikada, that we were commanded to do this and that, then who 
is he saying that who commanded him? The Prophet, mashallah. Mumtaz. So, understood. When the companions, when they, when you find a hadith and they say, umirna. Or for example, let me give you an example here. Comes to mind. Right, the Sahaba, they said, kunna na'zil. Right? Wal Qur'anu yanzil. They said that we were practicing coitus interruptus whilst the Qur'an was being revealed. So here they are saying, they are telling you that we were practicing something in the time of when? In the time when the Qur'an was being revealed. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was alive. Which means that he allowed this for us to do. Understood? So like that when they say kunna o fa'alna kada wa kada, the person that was commanding them was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Right, so this was one example that they say kunna na'zil, that we were practicing coitus interruptus. Right? This is basically when they were having intercourse and they would pull out before the... Right? So this is also proof in today's time that you are allowed to use contraceptives. If you are doing it without the fear that the child or the baby is there's not going to be enough money. If you do it with that, then it becomes haram. But if you do it, for example... The husband is studying, the wife is studying. And maybe they got married. And they have a final year, they have one year left. But now imagine, right, she's going to fall pregnant in the final year, what's going to happen? It's going to affect the whole study. So they plan and they use family planning, this is allowed. Or for example, the wife, subhanAllah, she's falling pregnant. <laughs> right, nine months, she's, right, she's, the baby's born now. Immediately after that. And that, and this process goes on for five, six years. So they have five or six children. So now they're having family planning. Ulama say nothing wrong with this. But if they do it with the purpose of what? That they are scared that this child, that they don't have money, now it becomes haram. Understand the difference? Tayyip. So we find that this hadith, or when... Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed away. Wastukhlifa Abu Bakr. So who became Khalifa? Abu Bakr. Wartadda. Manirtadda min al-Arab. We find that a lot of the groups of the Arabs that were Muslim, they became murtad. They left the fold of Islam. And one of the main reasons for this was because they refused to pay zakah. They refused to pay zakah. Abu Bakr radiallahu an, what does he do? He declares jihad. He declares jihad. Wants to fight. And... Right? We find that this zakah is built on the shahadatain. The zakah is attached closely to the shahadatain and it is attached closely to salah. 
How many times when you read the Quran don't you see? وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةَ وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةَ Establish salah and what must you do? Pay your zakah. And this brings me to a narration. That when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he passed away Abu Bakr radiallahu an I'm paraphrasing this narration This narration you will find in Sahih Muslim He becomes Khalifa He finds that people وَكَفَرَ مَنْ كَفَرَ مِنَ الْعَرَبِ That people from the Arabs they were becoming kafir And what does he do? He wants to start to fight them Umar ibn Khattab he comes to him And he says كَيْفَ تُقَاتِلُ النَّاسِ يَا أَبَا بَكْرِ how can you fight the people? How can you want to kill the people? وَقَدْ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ And the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, he said أُمِرْتُ أَنْ أُقَاتِلَ النَّاسِ حَتَّى يَقُولُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ فَمَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ فَقَدْ عَصَمَ مِنِّي مَالُهُ وَنَفْسَهُ إِلَّا بِحَقِّهِ وَحِسَابُهُمْ عَلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى and then he quotes a hadith to Abu Bakr that indeed I have been commanded to fight the people until they say la ilaha illallah. And it's basically the same meaning of the hadith that I quoted to you. So why is Umar telling him this? Umar is saying you want to fight the people but the people are Muslim. Right? And then he quotes this hadith. He says you want to fight the people but the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said what? That I've been ordered to fight the people until they say the shahada. So they said the shahada, so why are you still fighting? So what does Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu tell him? He is, فَقَالَ Abu Bakr So Abu Bakr says, Wallahi, I take an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَأُقَاتِلَنَّ مَنْ فَرَّقَ بَيْنَ الصَّلَاةِ وَالزَّكَاةِ فَإِنَّ الزَّكَاةِ حَقُّ الْمَالِ Wallahi, لَوْ مَنَعُونِ إِطَالًا كَانُوا يُؤَدُّونَهُ إِلَىٰ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ لَقَاتَلْتُهُمْ عَلَىٰ مَنْعِهِ منع... فَقَالَ عُمَرْ فَوَاللَّهِ مَا هُوَ إِلَّا أَنْ رَأَيْتُ رَأَيْتَ اللَّهِ وَرَأَيْتُ اللَّهَ قَدْ شَرَحَ صَدْرَ أَبِي بَكْرِ لِقِتَالٍ فَعَرَفْتُ أَنَّهُ الْحَقِّ So what's happening here? Abu Bakr radiallahu anhi basically says that I am going to fight the people. I'm going to fight them. That made the split between Salah and Zakah. They refused to pay Zakah. They left of Zakah, but they still had Salah. I'm going to fight them. And then he says, and look how powerful Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was. He says that we are going to fight them that even even if they use to give, right? The eagle. You know what is an eagle? You know that black thing? That the arrows wear on the scarf? That is an eagle. So what is an eagle? An eagle actually comes if you have a camel and you wanted to keep the camel on what place? So they would take a piece of a rope or something and they put it by the knee of the camel so they tie it like this so now what happens he can't so if he's sitting down he can't get up and 
stretch his knee to walk away. So that is basically the egal. So he says, even if this thing is used to tie the camel, which is something small, even if that was the only thing there that is preventing the zakah, I will still fight them. Umar radiallahu an, he says, Fawallah, he takes an oath by Allah. He takes a qasam. He says that indeed, Abu Bakr, that Allah has opened the chest of Abu Bakr, and Abu Bakr radiallahu an is on the haq. So he acknowledges and he understands what Abu Bakr radiallahu an wants. So the hadith, right, it says that you that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is going to fight the people until they say la ilaha illallah, until they establish salah, until they make zakah. Then the hadith carries on and says, and if they do that, they will gain the protection of Muhammad. If they follow this, they accept Islam, they say the shahada, they make salah, they pay the zakah, they follow the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are under the protection of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You cannot fight them, you cannot harm them. Except for things which is punishable in the Sharia. So for example, someone, he embraces Islam. But wa na'udhu billah, he makes an accident and he kills someone. In a Muslim country, now what happens? He needs to pay blood money. Or someone, he murders someone. Someone wa na'udhu billah, rapes someone. So what happens? They need to pay back now. What is due to them, and this is under the law of the Sharia and وحسابهم على الله أي أن من أظهر الإسلام وأتى بشهادتين. Whomsoever he makes apparent his Islam and he utters the shahadatain, he comes with the shahadatain. فإنه يعصم ماله ودمه. That know that his wealth and his blood is protected under the deen of Islam. فإن كان صادقا and if he is truthful outwardly and inwardly. Right? And this is under with Allah. But if he is lying to you, someone comes to you and he says, Ah, Muslim. But inside he is not Muslim. So this is what is meant here. That is his hisab. His rulings is going to be with Allah because Allah knows what's in our chests. Correct? Allah knows what we're going through. So even if someone comes to you and Muslim, we need to accept it. We can't say, I is lying. Remember that Sahabi on one of the battles. Right? One of the battles. What happens? This companion of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he is about to kill the opponent. And what does the opponent say? He says, the shahada. Ashadu wa la ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah. And the Sahabi still kills him. And this matter gets to the Prophet. And the Prophet gets upset. Wants to know why. So what does this Sahabi say? He says to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, He was only saying the shahada. Because I was about to kill him. What does Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tell the Sahabi? You don't know what is in his heart. Did you open his chest? 
says no. The Sahabi said he felt so bad that he wished for the day that he embraced Islam or he wished that he only embraced Islam that time. Imagine how bad he might have felt. So like that, we don't know what's in the hearts of people. And this is a very powerful hadith. And I'm going to end on this hadith. Alhamdulillah, we did three hadith tonight. Next week, inshallah, we carry on with hadith number nine. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilaha illa. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik.